0: Welcome back.
1: (laughs) We were having a stare down again. You lost. I did. I caved. (laughs) Couldn't stand the awkward silence. Hello.
0: Well, hello there.
1: We're Stacy and Pete. And this is the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. Because we do not ever want to grow up. Never. (laughs) So dramatic. Yes. So a lot's been uh, happening this past week.
0: You've been very excited. All Twitter pated.
1: My husband has seen a side of me that he's never seen.
0: It's been very exciting.
1: (laughs) So we've talked about it before. There have been a lot of rumblings about the possibilities of an in sync reunion. We now know for sure that they're going to have a song in the Trolls movie. We know now, too, it's a brand new song, not just a new version, like a Bye 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 2.0. I mean, maybe they'll do that as well, but... It is a full song. It's called Take You to a Better Place or maybe just Better Place. I've seen it written two different ways. But this past Friday, which was what's today, Sunday. So it was September 8th. I woke up and saw this message from this account, Bob Baker Marionettes. And it was this little video of puppets, these little puppets that look like in sync from the Bye 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 video where they're marionettes. They're on their stage. It looks just looks like the video. And they're playing the little clip that we got of the new NSYNC song, which is just this whistle part. We'll play it right here. And it said, be at Universal City Walk at 9 a.m. in California. And then in front of Man's Chinese Theater at 3 p.m. And we're like, what is this? Wait, We? I and I think the InSync fandom.
0: We as in the NSYNC fandom. Yes. I was busy working.
1: Yeah. And I was behind you at my desk for reeking out.
0: Yes, you were.
1: And texting all of my friends that care about this stuff. And then people started showing up to this thing. It was so last minute, though. Everybody was complaining because they're just like, well, if we had known, like I would have flown out. Like people are thinking that NSYNC is going to be there. right? People are like waiting and they're in front of the stage at CityWalk. And now I'm like, okay, this is actually like a new NSYNC related thing because they had the NSYNC symbol, like they had the star with the N. And I don't think I talked about this when I was talking about it before. Since we last recorded that, there have been these billboards around different cities that have like the top half of different Trolls hair. Obviously, this is all for the Trolls movie. And it had the N with the star. And it had like hashtag take you to a better place. And then it had a QR code so you can go and pre-save the new song. It's all this marketing stuff so that they can figure out the interest and just get people talking, you know. And when you went to the website, it played the little whistle clip that's like five seconds long or whatever. Sorry, I'm out of breath. I'm getting pumped up about it again. (laughs) (laughs) So it also said hot set, like they would be filming that day. So you may be on film, you know, just letting the people there know and had this big stage, but had the little marionette stage there. And I'm like, okay, it's just a puppet show. It's just a puppet show. But why would they have the big in there? It's clearly like linked to them. Like it's not just some one off. Anyway, people started sharing what they were seeing there. And at first it was just like these five, I don't know what they're called, people who do the marionettes, puppeteers.
0: Puppeteers.
1: Um, they're, you know, moving in sync's dolls to songs we already know, bye 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 and it's gonna be me and stuff like that. Oh, and when they did bye bye bye, they also like incorporated the whistle thing too at the beginning, which kind of gave me chills. Cause on the little marionette stage, the curtains move back like as the whistle thing is happening. Anyway, then they did the new song, and it makes me very happy. I love it. I wanna share it here because here's the thing. These guys are getting back together. We haven't had new music from them for over 20 years. Over 20 now. The last album they put out was in 2001. 2001. And, you know, I mean, they performed together. Their last concert was 2002. They performed together a couple of times after that, some one-offs. The most recent was in 2013, where they were with Justin when he got his, like, Video Vanguard Award at the VMAs.
0: That's who I blame for all of this personally.
1: Get out of here. Um, You're telling
0: me it's not his fault that they haven't gotten back together?
1: I've already talked to you about this. In recent times, it's been JC that does not want to do it. That has been confirmed by Lance on his podcast. Okay. So, but I believe they're now all on board because, well, they at least recorded a song together. Okay.
0: All right. Now, I'm just trying to get on that JT hate wagon.
1: This is not the place for that. (laughs) You're taking the piss and you're ruining my excitement. And anyone that hates Justin, love you, but please don't talk to me about it. Because you're going to just ruin all my fun and all my excitement. And I don't like it.
0: Cut all of that. But, no, don't, I'm not cutting <laughs> it. Are going to leave it? I'm going to leave it. My <laughs> okay. friends,
1: even I have friends that don't like him and they know to just not talk to me about that. That's fine. We agree to disagree.
0: I was just needling you. You need to calm down.
1: <laughs> you're taking the piss and I don't like it. Anyway. This was very exciting, but it's also annoying that like it's radio silence from all the guys. They can't talk about it because of the strike. So I feel like it's our job as NSYNC fans to get the word out, spread it around. Let's get excited. I have also heard rumors that they are right now currently hiring and planning for a tour that's going to be happening summer, fall 2024. So everybody get ready to sell your homes, <laughs> take out loans. <laughs> Sell some organs, whatever you got to do. I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) That doesn't feel very cozy.
1: (laughs) I'm joking. But, you know, that's the thing, though, that you see in all the comments. Everybody's like, I'm ready to take out a second mortgage. They're like, we have adult money now, even though, like, I used the adult money back when I was 19 and getting my first credit card debt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm just realizing? What? Because you and the community of NSYNC fans that have been talking have all been complaining about how they've gone about. Their social media aspects of this. Wait, I am not done talking. Hold your thought. Maybe them going to smaller uh, influencers, whoever it is, right? People with not a lot of followers is then deliberate to light the fire under the people that have larger followings to do their advertising. For free because they know like, oh, we can't let this happen. I'm going to advertise it for free. And then they don't have to pay anybody.
1: Oh, so maybe that is smart. Well, they're not, is. there's the thing though. they're not going to anyone. It's just the, the reason that this stuff has not gone completely viral is because they did not contact like all the California influencers that could have been there posting about it. They just it was like very fast. This Bob Baker marionettes. No shade. I No shade to him. I or Them, I have never heard of them. They have like 50,000 followers or something. I don't know how I saw it. I, I guess one of the NSYNC pages I follow shared it. You know, the NSYNC fandom, there's still so many people. But because the band hasn't been together for 20 years, those people don't have big accounts. Do you know what I mean? Like the people that are following them, I think, are the people who just who are like me, who never stopped loving them, who never forgot about them, you know, and they're not just jumping on the bandwagon because they're getting back together.
0: Right. Which is OK, too. You can it's, become a new okay. fan. Like, it's OK. Like,
1: I'm not trying to gatekeep Because we need there to be hype around all of this. And I think there will be. And I think that they will end up being able to promote it on a bigger scale. There's rumors that there's going to be like a boy band bonanza at the Super Bowl. Maybe they'll announce a tour after that when there's all the hoopla coming off of that. I don't know for sure if that's happening. We'll find out, I think, probably in a couple of weeks because they announce who's doing Super Bowl very shortly into
0: the
1: NFL season. But yeah, I mean, I was surprised that they didn't contact, you know, because I know like Lance has good relationships with some of the bigger nostalgia influencers that are out there that have like millions of followers. And he's done stuff with them recently, kind of about in sync, but not about the new stuff. You know, I don't know. It's, it's interesting.
0: Maybe they're not allowed to pay for advertising right now. Well, mm-hmm. maybe just for the Trolls movie. It wouldn't affect music. Just trying to think of why they will have waited if they could have been drumming up more buzz. But maybe it's too early for the buzz.
1: Yeah, the movie comes out in November. But the thing is, is like if the movie is just leading to a bigger thing that's them and not to do with a movie and not to do with SAG so they can talk about it all they want, that will be when they can all talk about it and everything's great. Yeah. But all of that was like there was a lot of hoopla, a lot of excitement. I'm still very excited like to have heard just a little tiny clip of them singing together. It's like pop goodness. It made me very happy.
0: When does the actual song come out?
1: I don't know if it might not come out until the movie comes out. Oh really? Yeah, don't So know. it doesn't
0: tell you like whenever cuz you like pre-save it on like Spotify or right. something. Right. It
1: didn't have a date on okay. it, I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. But anyway, and then at the end of the day, of that day, it was a wild day, but still nothing from the guys. But then Johnny Wright, who was their manager, I'm, I'm assuming will still be their manager now, and he's still Justin's manager, posted a picture of those marionettes that were used earlier in the day on their star, on InSync Star, on the Walk of Fame, and then on in the... Caption said, like, here we go with a bunch of emojis and stuff. So he's definitely confirming, like, we're behind this. I mean, even though it's clear because they played the new song, like, obviously, it's them behind it. It just feels weird because they can't talk about it.
0: Yeah. And there better be. Something behind all of this is all I'm saying. What there do you better mean, be
1: more than the, than the movie
0: more than just the song in the movie
1: Yeah, I'm trying not to get my hopes up about it but at this point I, I feel like all signs are pointing to yes because why would Johnny be getting involved if it's just about the movie?
0: Okay, that's a good point. Unless he's just excited, he could just be excited. Could
1: just be excited, but I don't know. Also, like Melinda Bell, who's worked with Johnny and the guys forever, has been dropping little hints on her Twitter or X account, whatever it's called these days. There's just been a lot of stuff. I really do think it's more than just like, oh, hey, there's a a song for this kid's movie.
0: Right. You know? Okay, good.
1: So, anyway, we'll see. That's my reporting on Insync's possible reunion. And if you're an Insync fan and need to gush about it, you come over to the Cozy Club. I'm sure that there are other Insync fans like myself that would love to talk more about it. Okay. Well, I have rambled a long time about that.
0: Before we get into our show and tell this week, we have to say hello to some new patrons.
1: Yes, we have Zaya, Alexis, and Stephanie. Thank you so much and welcome. Thank you all. It's really just makes us so happy. Like I've said before, when we get the notification that we got a new patron, we need a bell to ring because I'm like, (laughs) new patron! (laughs) I get so excited.
0: Get very excited. All right. Who do we have coming up to the front of the class today for show and tell?
1: Ann Grossman. Come on down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is not The Price is Right. Ann was born in 1982.
1: Favorite 80s movie, Hello Again. I love that movie.
0: Which one is Hello Again?
1: Hello Again is with Shelley Long. It's where she dies and her sister is kind of witchy and brings her back to life and her husband has married her best friend and it's this whole Whoa. drama it's very like magical not believable but it's so fun and it's one i used to rent a lot
0: makes me think of death becomes her
1: uh kind of similar vibes
0: okay okay <laughs> favorite 80s song kokomo from the beach boys <laughs> That was such a chill song back in the day.
1: Yeah, and it's very feel
0: good. It is. Yeah.
1: Favorite 90s movie, Fried Green Tomatoes and Scream.
0: Full disclosure, I have never seen Fried Green Tomatoes.
1: Wow. That's not really surprising to me. That's one my mom used to like, and I used to watch it, whether it's sad in parts, but funny in parts. It's a good movie.
0: Favorite 90s song, Wannabe, from the Spice Girls. If you want
1: to be my lover, you got to get with my
0: friends. Make it last forever Friendship
1: never ends If you wanna be my Favorite 80s and 90s TV shows Full House, 90210, Who's the Boss?
0: Great list Yeah Favorite toy She-Ra, Easy to Do, and My Talk Boy Nice That's great
1: Favorite books Ellen Foster and Catcher in the Rye
0: Favorite places to shop in the mall Limited to Spencer Gifts and Abercrombie & Fitch
1: Celebrity crushes, Luke Perry, Ryder Strong, Thomas Wilson Brown from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Ah, that's, we don't hear that one a lot.
0: We do not.
1: And of course, we always ask if there's anything else that anyone would like to add. Anne said, I love that this community puts it all out there. Such a great time. And I'm so happy to have grown up during that time. Love all the photos from so many people. You know, she's talking about our social media pages where people submit photos to us and we share them. And that's one of my favorite things too, Anne. I love it.
0: Well, thank you very much, Anne. That was a great show and tell.
1: You may return to your seat with all the gold stars. And if you would like to participate in our show and tell, you can email us at we don't wanna grow up pod at gmail.com.
0: You can find us on Instagram at we don't wanna grow up pod.
1: We're on TikTok at We Don't Wanna Grow Up.
0: We're on Facebook at We Don't Wanna Grow Up Podcast.
1: We also have a super secret special Facebook group called the Cozy Club dash fans of we don't wanna grow up. All you have to do is answer a few fun, nostalgic questions and agree to the group rules, and our amazing Ma Joanna will approve you.
0: And if you would like to support the podcast and gain access to over 60 bonus episodes, you can come to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up.
1: Yes, we now have three tiers. We have our $4 tier, which is what's been there all along. It's access to everything, all of our bonus episodes. Our $3 tier gives you access access to all of our game shows, trivia, things like that that we do over there. And our $2 tier gives you access to the short and sweet episodes, the Dear Diaries, the Middle School Notes, the Teen Magazine excerpts. We added some extra tiers because we know we're not putting out as much material on our regular podcast, and it helps us a lot when you come over there. So
0: come check it out.
1: Yeah, we have a good time. And last but certainly not least... We have merch. If you would like to sport a we don't wanna grow up shirt, hat, apron, phone case,
0: stickers,
1: almost anything that you could imagine, come to
0: We Dash, Don't Dash, Wanna Dash, Grow Dash, Up Dot com. Now this episode, this
1: episode, we've gotta dig deep. Into our past. Yes. To all the heartbreaks we had before we found each other. That's right. But not too deep. Let's not dig too deep. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, though, in planning for this episode, it is funny how hearing certain songs do bring up those old
0: feelings. They do. They put you right back To like where you were, what you were looking at, how you were feeling, all of it.
1: Especially the ones that you really use to get through a certain breakup. Like I have, I know you do too. Like I have certain songs that remind me of a specific person because like that's the song I was listening to when that person broke my heart. Yeah. But it's, you know, I don't know. I thought it would be fun for us to talk about our favorite 90s breakup songs. But before that, I want to hear about your first heartbreak.
0: My first heartbreak. So not necessarily a breakup. Does it have to have been like we were together or just?
1: I mean, it could be either way, either one. The first one that like, I mean, because my heart has been broken over people that weren't even my actual boyfriend. Sure. So it just your first heartbreak, I think.
0: Well, it was all kind of around the same time, right? Where it's like there was this one girl that I was madly in love with. There was another one that I then found soon after. And started dating her, and then eventually we broke up. So that one hurt a lot. But I would say the first one that I you know, was just madly in love with and didn't date her for a while, at least not then, right? How old were you? I would have been, I think it would have been 16. Okay. And then about to turn 17 during that school year. But it was just the kind of thing where I was just so infatuated with this individual, mm-hmm. she was so different. Like I'd come from a private school where there were three girls to date for for about five years, and they were the same <laughs> the same girls, right? So eventually, we did date all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, going to a a public school where there were just a lot more people, you know, it was was eye opening for me. I never realized there could be so many people out there. A
1: whole new
0: exactly like that. <laughs> But yeah, you know, this girl showed me a lot of interest, but then would never it just never worked out dating wise because mm-hmm. I don't think she wanted to date me, but it broke my poor little heart.
1: Oh, little we'll guy.
0: Yeah. You know, I'd write her my my notes uh-huh. professing my love. Yeah, I shouldn't have done. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I could go back now and redo it. We do it whole differently.
1: I know we've talked about that, especially I think on the recent Patreon where I read from my diary. I dig into a certain situationship that I had there a lot, and I get mad at myself when I'm reading the entries and I'm saying how I wrote him another note today, telling him all about how I was over it. And I'm, you know, and then the next day I'm like, I wrote him a note professing my love. You know, <laughs> it's like, shut up, Stacey, stop it. <laughs>
0: You know? yeah and it was but it was all just so painful, right? At times, I can remember sitting there, I think we were going to Letchworth State Park. Mm-hmm. So I was in the car with my family. I was in the uh, of course, the back seat against the door, so I kind of lean over and hide away, but I'm like sitting there professing my feelings out on paper and crying oh. but crying silently. so I don't think anybody knew. and you know, it was like all very dramatic yeah. and very emotional for me. but it was the first time I'd ever really started to feel anything like that. And yeah. so it was brand new. I didn't know how to process these emotions.
1: I think it's nice to hear about your experience, because when I was a teenager, I felt like guys, I mean, it's a huge generalization, but it, I was just basing it on what I saw. I felt like guys had no emotion and did not give two about how I felt or how any anyone felt, you know?
0: I, yeah, I will say that perhaps I was a bit of an outlier. I think I was a bit more sensitive than most of the other boys that were around me.
1: Yeah.
0: Overall, not all of them. Some of them were sensitive, but I don't know. I was was a bit more of a raw nerve because it was so new at an age where your hormones and everything are just starting to really uh, drive.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you think, you know, But you have no idea, to quote MTV's diaries. Yes. Like people that knew you probably had no idea that you were so upset.
0: I mean, around the house, I was pretty mopey, right? I bet you you my sister, maybe I know my older sister knew what was up, but she wasn't there for all of it. And I don't know if my younger sisters knew the emotions that I was going through. I was probably just being, you know, a jerk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm saying more like. People at school. Oh, yeah. Girls that had a crush on you at school probably never would have dreamed that you would be crying, writing a letter, you know? Yeah. But it's good. All people should get their emotions out. It's important.
0: It is important. Now, I will say that that didn't last that long. It didn't
1: bounce back I, probably way more quickly than I did.
0: Yes, I did bounce back and it calloused me a little bit right to yeah. where I then did become what you were talking about. Yeah. Right. Where I was just like, yeah, I don't want to date this girl anymore. I'm just going to dump her. <laughs>
1: But you didn't stay callous because your sensitivity is one of the many things I love about you.
0: Yes, but I had to pretend for a while. Yeah. To protect myself, my poor you. little heart. Yeah. But then I did eventually date her. Yeah. Ish.
1: Ish. <laughs> well, for me, my first real heartbreak was in the sixth grade. My boyfriend from fifth grade, who I thought we would finish out our elementary years together. <laughs> Broke up with me and started going with a fifth grader.
0: A fifth grader? I still
1: remember her name. I was devastated and humiliated. Oh. And I hated every second of it. I would just cry and cry and cry at night. And I'll, I'll let you know the songs that when I mentioned them, the ones that I was really listening to at that time. Yeah. I don't know that I wrote him a lot of notes at the time. I got more into that, like, in high school. Right. In a different situation. But, like... I remember I would talk to one of my friends who was a guy and he would try to cheer me up and nothing really would cheer me up.
0: Yeah, you were inconsolable at times.
1: And it's so funny because the guy who broke my heart was, I mean, he was the first boy to hold my hand. He was the first. It was all so innocent, you know, the first boy to like get in a fight with another boy on the playground over me. Over you. Yeah.
0: To beat somebody up. Did he win?
1: I I don't know that they actually like threw punches, but it was like close. The teachers had to intervene
0: was the other guy like hitting on you or something or being well mean the other you?
1: guy was my ex-boyfriend from like third grade yeah third and fourth grade
0: so much drama see this is the the training that i didn't go through i didn't have third through sixth or seventh grade training for my heart
1: (laughs) but here's the thing too i got a lot of attention in elementary school and then when i got to middle school i was like oh like this is different it felt different for me like i didn't get the attention from boys the way my friends were getting Uh when i got to middle school oh until you know later but There was a lot of drama for me in my elementary years. and I I mean, we were Valentine's King and Queen together. Like, I just thought we were the it couple (laughs) in fifth grade. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny, though, is with him, like, once I got to junior high and same with you, it was a whole new world. All these new people from different schools were there. And I was like, this guy who? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, then there were so many other boys that I could focus on, you know? There was only like one little blip of time where we went on a field trip and he was being flirty with me. And I was like, started to feel a little fluttery again, Yeah, but nothing happened. And then we were in the same friend group all throughout high school. And I I never thought of him that way again, really. But it was, it was hard. I mean, that was very early days for such heartbreak, but Mm -hmm. it happened.
0: I did then follow that initial like heartbreak where we weren't together. I did have my first real girlfriend then. I kind of had a girlfriend at my private school, but this was a bit more serious. Right. And then she definitely broke my heart. So I went through two of them within the span of less than a year.
1: Poor guy. Poor guy. (laughs) Well, Let's get into our list. All right. Our favorite 90s breakup songs. Got a top 10 and some HMs.
0: Got some HMs. We starting with the HMs?
1: Yes. If you're new here, HMs are honorable mentions.
0: I'd love to go back to whatever the first episode was that we used that.
1: I know, but it was definitely you that was like HMs. And I love that people use it. Like, I know people are listeners. If they comment on something like on Instagram and they say HMs, I know they're listeners. (laughs) I've got a few more than you. So you want me to start it? Please do. It's it's, again, as all lists, so hard to narrow down, especially when you're covering 10 years of heartache (laughs) and songs to get you through the heartache. First one for me from Wilson Phillips, 1990 you're in love. Now I could have also used release me from Wilson Phillips. You're in love though. I always felt was definitely not anything that I ever felt at the time because it's very mature of like, now that I know you're in love, I can be happy for you. Like, that's all I want for you. Yeah. Cause you're in love. I want you to be happy. Bye. Like, (laughs) no, it's not really relatable, but it's, it's like, I always wish I could be that cool person that's like, I just want you to be happy. You know, like even if you don't want to be with me, it's OK.
0: Yeah, that never happens. No, <laughs>
1: I think it does happen for people. I mean, I can say now that I'm in a happy, healthy relationship, do I want people that I was previously with to be happy? Sure. Unless they're a total then I don't care.
0: Yeah. Right. Like after time has passed. Yeah. I wish ill on no one.
1: Right. That's it. OK. That's it. <laughs> Okay, next up from 1999 by Brian McKnight, we have One Last Cry. The very end of the decade, and this song carried me into the early 2000s. It's, again, one of those things where you think you're going to be done with someone. Like, I'm over it. It's like Angela Chase. I am so over Jordan Catalano, and she's really not over him, you know. But it's like, I'm going to have this one last cry, and then I'll leave it all behind. Even though, you know, it's really not one last cry.
0: Yeah, you're going to have another cry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you're trying to psych yourself up, you know? Like That's right. I can do this. I can get over this.
0: Well, you have to, right? Because you have to realize- that it's okay to be sad. But then keep in mind that there is generally a light at the end of the tunnel of that sadness. Yes. It shall pass.
1: It shall. Now we'll say we have someone special in our life that just went through their first breakup and it was so hard to try to be a comfort and give advice. And even though I felt like it was, it was taken and I feel like it was appreciated, but also I know I can put myself back into that place of being a teenager and having my heart broken for the first time. And no matter what anybody saying it still freaking hurts.
0: Right. Right. You don't ever want to diminish. Right. The pain that they're feeling. But just a reminder of this is a process that you will work through.
1: Like it will get better. It does get better. Yeah. And I promise that a couple of years from now, you'll look back on that and be like, I can't believe I was so upset over that person. Yeah. Unless they get back together. And if that's the case, then forget I said that. <laughs> <laughs> But it is kind of a universal thing that people go through, whether they were your boyfriend or girlfriend or just someone that you had a huge, massive crush on, unrequited love. You know, like that's a real thing that I've experienced where it wasn't a relationship, but it sure felt like it and it sure hurt like it. Yeah. You know, so any kind of heartbreak like that is not to be
0: diminished. It's a very serious. Yes.
1: My next one. This is actually very unlike me. I am not typically a country gal, even though I am from the South. It's just not my thing. Right. But there are a few songs here or there that I enjoy. And back then, I used to buy singles. And this was a single that I bought at one point. And I used to listen to it a lot dealing with a breakup. It's from 1992, Trying to Get Over You by Vince Gill. And this one is like a divorce. You yeah. I was 12. <laughs> But I mean, it spoke to me, though. It's like you want to get over somebody because it hurts and you don't want to feel that way anymore. And, you know, that person doesn't want to be with you or that you shouldn't be with that person.
0: Right. Well, it is essentially like a middle school or high school divorce.
1: Yeah. It's painful. Right. He's talking about taking off the wedding ring. That's right. You know? Yeah. I had a, a guy, a different guy, but give me a Chuck E. Cheese ring.
0: Yeah. And, and you had to, to take it off, it right?
1: Time. Yeah. You upsetting. threw it away. No, I think it's still in a box in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> I kept everything, though. So
0: somebody gives you a necklace and you take that necklace off. Yeah. Like, I'm not wearing this trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My first HM from 1998, X-Factor by Lauren Hill. Lauren just knew what was up.
1: Yes. And you know what? It's funny how most breakup songs are ballads, you know, but this was more of a more of a bop.
0: Yeah. But still. The words spoke to me. Yep.
1: Yeah. All right, next up from me from 1998. The group is All Saints, Never Ever. Or as you would say, Never Ever. Never Ever. This song is a journey. I love the fact that they talk through the verses. Like, and it's not like a rap, it's just like slightly rhythmic talking. It is. I love when they're like, either way, I'm going out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so it's so fun to sing along to because you're it's a lot of words to remember.
0: It is. But I bet you knew every single one. And after not very long. Yeah.
1: And recently I put that song to one of my magazine flip throughs and it was like the Drew Barrymore cover of Seventeen magazine from 1998. I used this song and it blew up because of all the content like the the magazine brought a lot of memories to people, but then paired with a song, so many people were like, oh my God, I forgot about this song. I love this song. Yeah. It's just a good song. I like the song. Can't deny it.
0: Can't deny it. (laughs) All right. Next on my list, 1994, Take a Bow by Madonna. This one, like many others on the list, I mean, it, it is talking about a breakup, but it's more about the sound and music to me. Yes. I'm not all about the words some of these i will be but the majority are just about the feeling of the song
1: oh that song the second it plays it just zaps me back oh yeah so good and the video so dramatic yes but we yesterday listened to these songs again really to make sure that they're all breakup songs because we kind of discovered as we were listening some of the ones we had on our list aren't actually breakup songs
0: Yes. As far as like the message in the lyrics, it's not talking about breaking up. It might be talking about, oh man, I just love you so much. Sorry. you know. But it's like, that's not what it meant to us at the time. It just made us feel a certain way.
1: Yes. And for instance, one of the ones I had was Have You Ever by Brandy, which came out in 98. But I realized that that's more of like an unrequited love song than a breakup song. Mm -hmm. But I sure listened to it in both ways, really, I guess but just has that feeling. And then my last HM, this one I think is not as well known. It is from a group that you all know, New Kids on the Block. This was a later single. It came out in 92, but then it was on their 94 Face the Music album. But it was a song that just, I attached to it and have loved it ever since. It's If You Go Away.
0: But when you really dig into
1: the lyrics of this song, he cheated. Yep. And he's apologizing.
0: (laughs) It happens.
1: I know it happens, but he's like, they're like, I was so wrong to ever look at another, but even the strongest man may stumble and fall, but I'll do anything to be in your arms again.
0: There has to be a musical representation of like all situations.
1: I know. Listen, I didn't care. I thought it was just such a beautiful song that I never really thought about the lyrics.
0: You were there for the sound.
1: Jordan Knight was saying to me, I'm so sorry that I made you cry. There you go. But in reality, f*** off. (laughs) Sorry, mom, if you're listening.
0: (laughs) All right, last HM on my list from 1993 from Aerosmith: "Crying."
1: Your love is sweet misery. That one. It has Alicia Silverstone and Steven Dorff in the video and. I was always so confused because she jumps off the bridge, but then we see that the thing holding her up—the string or whatever that's holding her up—is attached to her belly button ring. Remember, she gets her belly button pierced in the video, right? And then when she falls and like her back like flops, you always think she breaks her back, but then she just flips Steven Dorff off because she just like bungee jumped, yeah, from her belly button ring.
0: I mean, yeah, um, not possible. It would rip out. (laughs) Yes, absolutely would rip out.
1: But is it her belly button ring or is it her jeans? I mean, obviously, in reality, it would be like wrapped around her waist. Yes.
0: It's not necessarily attached to that ring. It is around her waist in some way, shape or form. But
1: I feel like they insinuate it because of her getting her belly button pierced earlier in the video. So, I just feel like it was always an insinuation that that's what it was.
0: Listen, maybe it's extra deep.
1: But then also, like, when they show her first falling off, there are no strings to be seen. No. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, gotcha.
0: <laughs> Out comes the middle finger. And that
1: is a mean trick.
0: It is a mean trick. Steven Dorf's just like, uh, you rascal.
1: She's like, that's <laughs> what you get for cheating on me. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, love is sweet misery sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The 90s were very dramatic. They were. <laughs> All right. Into our top 10.
0: All right. Oh, wait, I had one more HM. Oh, sorry. That's okay. This one got me through those times, even though it really wasn't a breakup song. But 1993 from Brian Adams. Please forgive me.
1: Yeah, I always took it as like, please forgive me. I did something wrong, but it's actually just like, please forgive me. I can't stop loving you. Yeah,
0: I just love you too much.
1: So sorry.
0: So sorry. Not sorry. (laughs) It's definitely not what I thought it meant back in the day. Right. But yes.
1: All right. Now, top 10. Top 10. Number 10 on my list from 1997 from Natalie Bruglia. Torn. This one is, is more like her realizing that she had put him on this pedestal. You know, I should have seen just what was there and not some holy light.
0: You know, Ooh. like...
1: I've been digging into these lyrics a little more. (laughs) You know, it's like you crawl beneath my veins like I see now you're not the person I fell in love with. You're not the person I thought you were, you know, so it's like she's all out of faith. It's just how she feels. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a good breakup song and it's a catchy song, too.
0: Yes, it is. I feel like I had this CD just for this song.
1: Yeah, I did, too. It's funny because I always associate that song more with like after high school. Even yeah. though it came out in 97, I wonder if it just took a while for it to become really popular.
0: It was after high school for me.
1: Well, I know, but I graduated in 98. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like I remember hearing it. I mean, I guess it was just on the radio for a long time because I feel like I remember hearing it like when I was in California and stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's funny to see like which ones on the list you have that are a bit later in the decade. Yeah. Where I was you know eventually at the the very end of that decade i got into a serious long term relationship so it's like the need for those types of songs went away for a little while at least
1: right well, and, and two, I just feel like there's something. I'm sure that if we did a list of 2000s breakup songs, I could come up with a lot. But I wasn't as even though I still went through heartache and breakups later, I wasn't as angsty. Right. You know, the 90s just those are your teen years. It's
0: they are right. It's like the early 90s to mid are the hot spot for me for having songs that mean something on this front to me. Yep. All right. Number 10 on my list from 1995 from Alanis Morissette. You ought to know a very angry song. And I love it. I love it too. Sorry, Uncle Joey. Yeah. Sorry, Uncle Joey. Sorry. (laughs)
1: Believe that. Oh, wait, I guess he was never Uncle Joey. He was just Joey. It's Uncle Jesse. Joey wasn't their uncle.
0: They didn't call him Uncle. I don't think they did. Joey? I think
1: he's just Joey.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Sorry, Dave Coulier. <laughs> Cut it out.
0: But I love how much emotion Alanis puts out there in this song, right? Like it's everything you feel about just wanting to get back at somebody and make sure they know that you've moved on. They don't need you, but they're still angry.
1: And I hate that <laughs> you with. That's right. <laughs> we'll have a lot of bleeping in this episode. <laughs> I mean, Alana's taught me that it was okay to be angry yeah, about things. Like before that, they were all like, oh, I'm so sad. Take me back. My heart is broken. But she taught me that's okay to be pissed off when somebody hurts you.
0: Throw a vase against the wall.
1: Yeah. Just not at anyone.
0: No, not at anyone. But like, you know, that big one there, just smash it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually surprised that's so low on your list. Figured it'd be higher. Guess the others mean that much more to you. They do. But that goes to show everybody's list is different.
0: That's very true.
1: All right. Number nine on my list from 1992 from Whitney Houston. I will always love you. Oh, this one. This one reminds me of middle school dances and still being a little sad over that initial heartbreak. Whitney has a lot of great breakup songs. I just feel like this is like the be all end all, you know. And, of course, originally written and performed by Dolly Parton in Mm the 70s. What I did find out that I didn't realize was that Dolly actually wrote it for her longtime mentor and producer, I believe, because she wanted to branch out on her own. So it was kind of not like a romantic breakup, like a business breakup. really, Which was kind of fitting, though, when you think about The Bodyguard and how it ended, even though that one was more romantic, but he worked for her. Right. He was her bodyguard and she, you know, they had to let each other go.
0: Did they? I don't remember. You've now spoiled this movie for me. Oh. Thanks.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> sorry. It's only been 31 years.
0: You've got to keep that in mind that we will be rewatching these and they may be a surprise to me.
1: I'm so sorry. How dare you. <laughs> I was just trying to draw the
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the correlation between Dolly and Whitney and the meaning behind it all. But I never looked at any of it as like a... <laughs> business dealing. I just looked at it as love, and I'm not what you need. We need to end things. We're not good for each other, but I will always love you. All
0: right, next up on my list from 1996, from Fiona Apple, Sleep to Dream.
1: I was jealous that you got a Fiona song on your list right when I was remembering that I didn't think about putting a Fiona song on my list.
0: Is this the one you would have gotten? There's a few on there that are angsty.
1: Yeah. Never is a Promise is my fave on there, and it's kind of along those lines as well. She's just so poetic. Yes. And to think that she wrote these songs when she was like 16 blows my mind. Right. And she won't let Twitter use her songs. She won't. No, which is fine. Do what you want with your songs. But I wish that they were there because so many times I've wanted to use one of her songs for my magazine flip throughs because it would be perfect because that would have been what I was listening to while I was flipping through, you know? Yep. But I get it.
0: Fiona in general, though, just evokes a lot of emotion whenever I listen to that title. Yes. Album. Like there's a few of them that I forget about. And then I'm like zapped back to my dorm room or, you know, I'm I'm just in a very specific situation because I listen to this a lot.
1: Me too. I love that, you know, Fiona. Well,
0: oh, I know that album anyways.
1: Yeah. There's so many good lyrics in that song too. Like you say, love is a hell you could not bear. And I say, give me my back and then go, go there, there yes. for all I care. Oh, <laughs> I also love when she's like, I've never been so insulted in all my life. <laughs> I could swallow the seas to wash down all this pride. Oh, I love Fiona.
0: And she's got her own hell to raise.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's also powerful. It was a powerful album to listen to.
0: It was. Or it is still. I enjoy listening yes. to it. I listened to it two weeks ago.
1: Yeah. That's one. I know I've said it before, but that's an album that I think I will I will always listen to from beginning to end as the years go on. I'll be like a 90-year-old. Well, I won't be a grandma because we don't have kids, but I'll be a 90-year-old and listening to fiona apple
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's funny i've seen these recent tiktoks where it's this one dude where he's listening to like 90s hip-hop right yeah and he's got the comparison of like what my music sounds like to me versus what it sounds like to my kids and he's rocking out to like tupac and biggie and stuff like that and it's you know he feels cool Uh and then it flips to like the back seat of his suv from his kid's point of view and it's like old timey like 1920s (laughs) music with the same words right but it's like (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) It's like, what my kids hear. It's like, no, no. Oh,
1: it can't be true. Can't be true. Okay, number eight on my list is actually one of those that is not technically a breakup song. Right. It's from 1991 from Vanessa Williams. Save the best for last. This one I actually used for one of my JCPenney wedding section posts. So it started where it was sad, but then they came back together. Yes. You know, so it has a happy ending. You went and saved the best for last. But what always got me when I was the young age of 11 or 12 was how could you give your love to someone else and share your dreams with me? Right. This guy went off with someone else, but then he realized that she was there and she was the one he wanted to be with.
0: Mm -hmm. I know
1: that happens.
0: It does happen. Clearly
1: it happens because my love, you went and saved the best for last.
0: I did save the best for last.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But when I was young, I remember crying to this song. I still have this single as well.
0: Do you? Yeah. Okay. next one is from my graduation year, 1995, from No Doubt, Don't Speak.
1: Don't tell me because it hurts.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, That one always got me because even though I don't know all the details, I knew that Gwen and Tony had dated. Tony Luca. No. Tony
0: Tony. Danza.
1: Tony Canal. In the group, No Doubt.
0: Tony, Tony, Tony.
1: Stop. I love that you know Tony Luca's name.
0: I know it from you, my dear. They had just broken up, huh?
1: Again, I don't know the, all the details. I just know that they had dated, and I think they had broken up by then. At least in my mind, they had broken up because then she's like singing to him in the video. Like a couple of times, she's like looking at him while
0: they're, Ooh.
1: you know, just yeah. felt dramatic. And any No Doubt fan that's listening is probably yelling at me right now because I I'm only remembering this from... My 16-year-old brain, like, I don't really know.
0: Well, don't yell. Share. <laughs> Share if we're wrong. Let us know what the right thing is, but do it nicely.
1: Yes, that's all we ask. <laughs>
0: it's always so sad when she says in here that I'm, I'm losing my best friend. I know. Could be the end.
1: And then they still had to work together. Yeah. That might not even be what the song is about, though. Maybe not. <laughs> but it is relatable because it's like, if somebody's breaking up with you, you just want them to shut up. Like, don't yes. don't tell me that. <laughs> it hurts. I don't want to know. All right. Number seven on my list from 1997 is from Jewel, You Were Meant for Me. This one, it's unique because she's kind of talking about what her life is like now that the person she was with is gone. But it's kind of like a desperation that soon you'll see that we were meant for each other and I won't be here alone in my apartment drinking coffee and putting wet towels on the floor. (laughs)
0: Wet towels on the floor? (laughs) Is that what she did?
1: Well, she said, I never put wet towels on the floor anymore.
0: Oh, so she like cleans up after herself.
1: Yeah, but maybe that's one of the things her her ex didn't like. Oh. You know what I mean?
0: It was funny too, a major breakup that I went through, I immediately became an extremely clean person Hmm. where like I lived in a house by myself at that point. It was very, very, very tidy. Yes. I'm like, where did this come from? (laughs) (laughs) apparently alone i'm a very tidy person
1: yeah well it's probably a a coping mechanism in a way and decluttering of your life yes in more ways than one
0: part of it too i think is like the shared responsibility or the shared unspoken responsibility of like who should clean up what Mm -hmm. i always try to make sure i clean up after myself, mm-hmm. and then it it would get overwhelming because there was so much stuff to clean up that wasn't mine. Yeah, and there was no participation, right, from the other individual. So I'd just be like, "Bah, whatever." But then I knew, right? Like, who made that mess? Well, I knew it was me. Yeah. So of course I'm going to clean it.
1: up. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Hmm. And then my fridge was very organized.
1: Your fridge had like nothing in it,
0: but it was very organized with nothing. <laughs> yes. It had beers on the top shelf. <laughs> In a a perfect straight line, (laughs) um, and then that's it.
1: I remember the first time I went to your house and it was in that state because it was after, you know, you were alone. And yeah, opening the fridge and it was like, like maybe the food? a block of cheese and <laughs> some <laughs> beer.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think what I ate back then. Oh, so I'd have the beer in there. I'd have my protein shakes. Uh, I wouldn't keep almonds in there. I ate a lot of almonds. I don't you know what else. You made chicken
1: for yourself. So you'd have stuff in the freezer.
0: Yeah. Stuff in the freezer was the Veggies. chicken. Yeah. And then I've had my, uh, my hot sauce. Yep (laughs) (laughs) That's about it
1: The necessities
0: Just the necessities
1: Bare necessities
0: Okay next one is from 1996 From Oasis Don't look back in anger When they hit that part of the song So Sally can wait It just does speak to me. But it was funny. Yesterday, we started going through the lyrics. I've never looked at the lyrics for this song in depth, but they kind of bounce around where I guess I hadn't really thought about it, like who they're talking about. It's like, so Sally can wait. She knows it's too late as we're walking on by or as she's walking on by. So it's like, you know, just from different perspectives of who's walking by. I'm not sure what it means, but it's provocative. (laughs) Like, what's going on here? I need somebody to interpret this for me. It's my weakest part of English is digging into the quote-unquote hidden meaning. Or if somebody tells me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I see that.
1: Symbolism. I love it. That's a song that I was kind of like you on where I just like the sound of it, but never really paid attention to the lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Number six on my list from 1996 by the Tony Rich Project, Nobody Knows. This one reminds me of getting ready for school, like in high school, and the video would be on because I'd always play MTV while I was getting ready and everything. Yeah. Play MTV I'd have MTV on. And 96 was a time where I was going through my heartache with quote unquote Tanner, who I've talked a lot about in my diary episodes. And this one is very literal breakup. It's just like, I'm sad. I'm missing you. The nights are lonely. The days are so sad. And nobody knows it but me. And that's where I related because I did feel alone when it came to dealing with my heartache because this person wasn't my boyfriend, but he was leading me on, you know, and we definitely had this situationship. And so I would be devastated over certain things. And I just felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about it. Right. Except for my diary. (laughs) And now, all of you, 30 years later. Right. Almost 30 years later. (laughs) Yeah. So, this song really spoke to me because it was just that feeling of of heartache that, you know, you gotta just hold and sign.
0: That's right. Same thing with that initial one for me, too. Like, she ended up dating my best friend.
1: Yeah. Same here.
0: And so, it's like, there wasn't anybody for me to really talk to about it.
1: Yep. Because I didn't want it to get back to that person that I cared or that I was upset.
0: Oh, they knew I cared. The friend? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I think. My friend, you know, felt bad. Well, uh, several of my friends dated him, but the big one that really hurt me was the the final one. And she knew, but I played it off like I didn't care. Right. And I was devastated. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it happens.
1: It does. We get through it.
0: Just got to get over it. Got to move on.
1: Yep. It just took me going to college, meeting other people.
0: It took me dating another person. Yeah. And then all of a sudden interest was there. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'm taken. Leave me be. I'm about (laughs) to get married. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? We're pretty much married here. We weren't, right? But, you know, it felt like that. Yeah. Okay, next on my list has a a little bit of an asterisk to it because it actually came out the first time in 1989, but it did not get popular until it was re-released on a soundtrack album in 1990. So it's from Chris Isaac, Wicked Game. It became very popular when it was on the Wild at Heart soundtrack. Um. So it didn't start gaining recognition and getting awards and stuff like that until the 90s. It was not on my radar until the 90s.
1: Yeah. Same here. It's such a good song.
0: It is. And this got me through technically my first breakup in my private school. I just didn't feel that one as much. Mm. But yeah, the mood of this song is very sad.
1: Yeah. But also sexy because of all those beachy scenes in the video.
0: Yes. The the video is very sexy. If you watch the video, I don't think you have any idea that this is a breakup song. But the lyrics and the music are very melancholy.
1: This song and Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover by Sophie B. Hawkins are both ones that remind me of 90210. And I don't know if Wicked Game was even used on 90210 or if that's revisionist history in my mind. But I I think, you know, they were both kind of close to the same time period. And I mean, I know Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover was on 90210. But that was one that we had on our list and then realized it's definitely not a breakup song.
0: Right. But to us, it was. It meant... Break up to us.
1: Yeah. It's more, again, like unrequited love, Mm -hmm. I guess, or just wanting to be with someone that you're not with, which also is why people, when you're broken up with or heartbroken, you want to hear a song like that. Because if you still want to be with that person, damn, you wish you were their lover.
0: Right. (laughs) Okay. So we don't normally do this, but this is going to be the end of part one.
1: It is. We realized that we have run on a little long and we have some. Some stuff coming up. We're going to be busy.
0: We're on vacation.
1: We're on vacation. Although by the time this comes out, we'll already be home. Yes, we will. <laughs> so be sure and keep your eyes open for part two so you can hear our top five favorite 90s breakup songs.
0: We'll see you next week.
1: Bye.
0: Never ever.
1: <laughs> I love when you say
0: that. <laughs> so
1: I feel like it's our job as Infink. In think- I can't even say their name anymore. It's. (laughs) I'm
0: beatboxing. I'll never watch that movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Until now.